0: And I promised myself that I am going to find something that's gonna keep me passionate, find something new because really getting in trouble and stuff, I liked it. Because yeah. I felt I felt cool and all that, you know, and yeah. I and um, I'm like I'm gonna change, I'm gonna find something that's gonna that's gonna give me that same feeling, but not give me in trouble, that's gonna be positive. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald.
1: Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. If you're new to the show, I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers and tell their origin stories. These stories are interesting and so inspiring, and it helps us to get to know our business neighbors better. So please share and spread the word, you guys. This is our 90th episode, so there are many stories out there to hear and be inspired by. Today I'm excited to have my guest with me. This gentleman is sharing his passion with our community and definitely making a difference in the lives of kids and others. So welcome, Weston Barnes of Team Lionheart MMA. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you here. And I'm here at your gym. You got to show me around, and that was fun to see this space. Um, I understand that you started this in your garage. Is that right?
0: Correct, yes. little tiny garage. <laughs> and so
1: you've been able to grow, and now I don't know how many square feet you have, but that's a pretty good-sized gym that you have. Mm-hmm. Tell For the listeners who may not know, I think everybody knows what MMA is, but mm-hmm. what is Team Lionheart MMA?
0: <coughs> so it's a... Uh... MMA stands for mixed martial arts. It's um, it's a combination of all the martial arts kind of together, wrestling, boxing, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. And it's when, you know, you go in the cage and you you fight <laughs> and you use everything you know. So
1: Is there, does there always have to be a cage?
0: Uh yeah. How come? <laughs> um, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't know. That's just
1: I just wondered if it was part of the strategy I, I that I think you, it is, so you uh-huh. can't run
0: away and you know, you you're just trapped in there. Yeah, with another indeed. man. You and know? you <laughs> just
1: have to you just have to do do it, duke it out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, so what was the inspiration to open the gym? Like why MMA in East Idaho? Is there a big thing for this?
0: Um I don't think it's too popular around here, but there's a lot of good fighters here, like a lot of good fighters. And <clears throat> there's there's a few different gyms around, and um, you know we always usually we just travel because they don't put on fights in Idaho very much. So we're always traveling to other states to fight. So, so do
1: you see that that may change at some point that maybe Idaho will be there will be more of a draw to actually have fights here?
0: Yes, there was actually there's a. There's a promotion that we a lot of us fight for called Mountain Force MMA, and they put on a show at Meluka Meluka Field, I think, uh, the end of summer, and it was it was huge. It was awesome. Me and my kids went in the cage at like the halftime show, and they hit pads and everything for the audience. It was cool. How fun! Yeah, it was great.
1: So there's what, what I hear you saying is that there's MMA fans here in East Idaho. We just don't. It's just not quite the draw yet. Not yet. No. All right, well, I imagine you are on a mission to change that.
0: I sure am. <laughs> me and my teammates are definitely on a mission for that. <laughs> okay, good.
1: Well, talk to me about how, how this gym started. Why, why did you even begin this gym? What's the
0: story? Well, so I'm, I was a fighter for 11 years, and uh, my last fight, I tore my ACL, and I'm getting older, and so I was pretty much done fighting. I had to retire. <clears throat> and it was, I don't know, four or five months, of not training, not fighting and I just missed it cuz I love the sport and I needed it in my life still. So um I kind of just started I just bought a little puzzle mats for my garage and you know got some pads and stuff and I was just going to train my daughter and you know train with my girlfriend and stuff and uh then um some people started asking me if they're if I would train their kids. I'm like sure. And then more people started and then it just kind of blew up from there. So know? tell me
1: a little bit about You know, when you talk to me about MMA and being a parent myself, it's interesting to me that parents came to you saying, train my kids, because Mm -hmm. this is fighting.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So
1: in (laughs) what way is this an okay sport for kids?
0: Oh, the main thing is, um, we don't just, I don't just teach the kids how to fight. And I have rules for them. Um, It teaches discipline, it teaches um, self-respect, and it also teaches humbleness it teaches them how to be humble so a couple of rules i have for my gym is um if you fight outside the gym or if you're bullying kids you're automatically kicked out so that's the number one rule um the second rule is if your if your grades drop you come to the gym and you do burpees every day for training until your grades get back up right because that's it's not just fighting right it's, it follows through all aspects of your life and that's kind of what i want to teach because i learned that from mma Basically, it's discipline and um, self-respect and being kind to others, but still at the same time knowing that you can defend yourself and you're strong and confident.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's important. Our kids really kind of need that these days. They do, yes. Especially that confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can see where if I knew how to do this, I'd feel pretty confident. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And being part of a team also, you know, it helps because we're not just... You know, even though it is individual sport, we're still a team. We all help each other. We're there for each other and stuff like that. So,
1: so okay, <laughs> so I want to know, who's tattling on these kids to tell you what their grades are?
0: <laughs> uh, their parents. I ask their parents <laughs> always. I, every time when a new student starts, I'm like, "Hey, okay, parents, I need your help with this too. So if they're misbehaving, you need to tell me, and they're going to be coming and They're going to be doing burpees. I had made a kid uh, at a kid's class last night, and he was misbehaving with his mom, and he did 50 burpees. Yeah. So, uh, so you I, make sorry. them follow through with this. Yes. Yep. <laughs> do
1: you think this would work for spouses? Could I enroll my spouse and then tell you if he was misdeading <laughs> and then you could make him do uh, burpees? We
0: might have to sign a contract <laughs> or something for that.
1: <laughs> when they're adults, they're yeah. kind of on their own. Dang it. Dang it. Yeah. All right. Well, I understand you talked a little bit about how MMA really shaped you. And to, so talk to me about when you say MMA taught you discipline and all of that, What was your youth like that led you to MMA? Um,
0: So my, pretty much my, most of my youth, I was a little hell raiser and getting in trouble in and out of jail all the time. And um, then I ended up, you know, progressing as usually happens. And I ended up going to prison. And, you know, when I was in prison, um, I remember I was sitting in solitary confinement. I was in there for a year, 23 hours a day in a cell by myself. For a year and I what? promise. Yeah. You were? Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. What was the term of your sentence? Uh, four years. And a whole year a you year. were in solitary confinement. Yeah. Because you were because you were a hellraiser, is that what? Yeah. <laughs> and so they said you are not going out yeah. with the general population. Yeah,
0: I got in a fight and they thought it was gang related and stuff. And if it's sh- they sh- yep.
1: do not tolerate that kind no. of stuff. Okay.
0: No. So a year I sat in there. Oh <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> yeah.
1: You had some time to think.
0: Did. Yes. And I promised myself that I am going to find something that's going to keep me passionate, find something new, because really getting in trouble and stuff, I liked it because yeah. I felt I felt cool and all that, you know, and, yeah. I, and um, I'm and i like, I'm going to change. I'm going to find something that's going to that's going to give me that same feeling, but not give me in trouble. That's going to be positive. So, uh, yeah, when I got out of prison, my cousin. He uh, he came, took me in. I moved to Salt Lake, and we went and just watched. He's like, "Hey, you want to go watch these fights?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that sounds cool." So we went, and watched the fight, and I was like, "That's it." I'm like, "That is it." I can I wa- get into this. Yep. I'm like, "This is it." I'm like, "I want to try." So I signed up, <clears throat> um, got my first fight, and I went in and fought, and it was. I was in, been in love ever since.
1: <laughs> and did you get your butt kicked?
0: <laughs> yeah, sure did. <laughs> I started as a professional, which I made a mistake. As a professional, so I was fighting this guy. He was a professional fighter, and I hadn't even trained. I hadn't even done anything. I was just So
1: why did you think you could do this?
0: I just thought I, I was... I'm gotten,
1: tough. I can totally do this. Yeah, I, it got in, I got
0: in fights in prison and stuff. I fought big guys <laughs> in prison, but it's, it's a whole it's different world. It's a little world. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're going against a trained fighter, it's a little bit different from street fighting. So Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So
1: after you got your butt kicked in that first one, did you say, I think I need some training?
0: Uh, actually, no, I fought two more times until I actually started training.
1: It just took you a little longer
0: yep. to learn that lesson. Yep. But I, I won the second one. You did. I won the second the one. The street
1: fighting paid off.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, I toughed through it and won. And then um, I, on the third fight towards the end, I ended up joining a gym. Um, Jeremy Horn's elite performance down in Salt Lake. And Jeremy Horn, he's one of my biggest mentors ever. He was just he was just at our gym that, last weekend, and he is one of the greatest fighters of all time like he he beat chuck liddell he's his record is like 92 wins and 20 something losses oh my gosh he was in the ufc before it was even famous and yeah so i joined his gym and that's when i started getting good and and started fighting more and doing it a little bit more
1: and did he help you understand that discipline and yes. self-respect and yes. all of those things that you were probably kind of missing yep yeah
0: yep. i just just in for in 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 for the thrill basically at first uh-huh. and when i joined his gym he's like okay you're not cutting weight you're not um you need to be training like you're not like
1: you're not taking this seriously yeah. so
0: yeah okay. he started he started coaching me and he started helping me to how to figure out how to do it and he's like you need to be in the gym every single day so i didn't have time to get in trouble anymore i had yeah that was my life uh-huh. you know that worked that was my whole life uh-huh. and that lasted for 11 years Until you had
1: no desire to get in trouble anymore. You just had the desire to do this.
0: Just to do that. Yep. Isn't that awesome? Yes. And because of that, I haven't had a speeding ticket in 17 years. So I went to prison in 2003. So I'm including my prison time. Right. And now it's 2021. I haven't even had a speeding ticket in 17 years. You are the
1: model citizen. (laughs) I am.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And now you're a business owner. Yes. I am just smiling from ear to ear because (laughs) I think this is the greatest story, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's that little bit of an underdog kind of thing. Probably not a lot of people had much belief that you would be able to do this. No. So talk about that. How did you overcome the people who were like, what are you doing? You can't do this.
0: I have an amazing story for that, actually. So when I was getting out of prison, The sergeant on the yard was telling me, um, he's like, he, he. I remember him telling me this: "You'll be back, Barnes. We'll see you back." You know, and I was like, "Oh man," and it, it hurt, you know. And I'm like, you know, and I knew in my heart, I will never ever step back to this place. So, yeah.
1: And have you reached back out to him and said, see? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I wish I could, but no.
1: <laughs> was that kind of some of your motivation that you were like, I will never be back here because mm-hmm. you don't know me and I can do yes. this?
0: Yep. Yeah, that was a little part of it. Yep. Most of it was sitting in there forever and just promising myself and, you know, but that, that was kind of a spark. Not Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he's
1: probably not wrong for a lot of the people that he sees.
0: Probably. Yep. There's
1: probably a lot that come back. So yep. why do you think this worked for you?
0: I really owe it all, most of it to my cousin. Um, so he came down and visited me right before I was getting out. And he's like, you know, when you get out, dude, you're, I'm, you're coming to live with me. And I'm going to show you what life is about and it's fun you know so we started he i moved in with them we went and rode dirt bikes and we went camping like we were kids again because we grew up together and uh, he's like you know i kind of realized okay i don't need crime and drugs and stuff to have fun in life mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah and then he showed me MMA. so so here we are here we are yeah well thank
1: you to your cousin
0: <laughs> yes thank you yeah that's <laughs> awesome me. that's yeah. an
1: awesome story i understand that so Having gone through that, I imagine you really connect with, um, especially troubled youth. Yes. And so do you feel like that's another reason why the gym has, you've seen some growth since you opened it. Do you feel like that they're kind of drawn to that story or just your connection mm-hmm. with these kids?
0: Yeah, I believe so. Um, the first, uh, I've had a, I've had a numerous um, parents, you know, telling me, um, you know, my My son or, you know, my nephews, they need help, you know, they need guidance, they're struggling, and it really, it warms my heart to be able to help them because I've been there, and if I can get to them when they're still young, and they are passionate about it, and I make it fun for them, and I make it, you know, passion for it, and then... They're going to follow through with it their whole life like i did mm-hmm. hopefully that's the plan anyway
1: <laughs> and there's just reward in it's not necessarily even getting in are you having these kids fight do the kids actually get in the cage and fight oh no
0: no okay no no, no you can't i don't think you can fight until you're 17 or so I okay think, but um
1: they're learning the principles of yes. the actual mma yep and then depending on what they decide to do with it they could fight later
0: yep, yep.
1: so if they're not fighting But they're learning how to fight how do you keep them from being the bullies on the playground
0: um it's just constantly i i go through the rules with them almost almost daily almost every class and i always am telling them okay guys remember you no no bullying no none of that stuff and a lot of them i feel like they love it here so much that they wouldn't even risk it Uh i've never had one kid bully ever so Mm -hmm. far i've had a couple kids drop their grades and stuff and they put in the work and they got their grades up and you know doing better but i haven't really you know we me and me and tyson and Luis, you know we all um so my two best friends and Luis is a 265 pound big guy right he looks mean but he's like the nicest person ever. Like, you, you could probably go up and punch him in the face and he wouldn't hit you back. He would just kind of laugh and.
1: Like, what he, the heck? Yeah. Well, for one, he probably wouldn't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. No,
0: no. Because I, even with me, like, if, if I was to be confronted in a street fight now, I would just walk away and I would not have any second thought about it. Yeah. Because, like I said, um, learning that confidence you have that confidence, right? So you don't need to prove it. It's not worth it to, you know, go and beat someone up and then you're in trouble. So you having that confidence, I think really helps them that they can just walk away. You know,
1: I love that so Mm -hmm. much because you're right. I mean, the reason that we, and and you even nailed it, you know, like the reason that you got in trouble is because you were getting attention. You were getting something that you yeah. Like, you got positive feedback from this, even though it didn't look like positive yep. feedback. For exactly. It. Yep. So feel, feel, feel their self-esteem and they're yes. going to keep this under wraps. Yep. Okay, good. You don't just um, coach or teach kids though. You have actual fighters that you're coaching.
0: Yes. So
1: talk a little bit about that.
0: Um, so actually, so what I do is I coach, I coach the beginner's adults. So the adults that want to fight, they want to start fighting. But they don't have any experience, so I teach them the techniques, and I teach them, you know, the discipline, and I teach them everything they need to know, and then I have um, uh, Luis teaches the fighters. So you move, you advance to the fighters class. That's where you've already you've already fought before. You already know most of the technique and all that stuff. So. That's kind of like the war zone. You just go in and you train hard and you get in the cage and you fight. Uh-huh. So I look, I'm I'm very thankful that I have, I have my friends here to help me, and I and uh, Tyson Craig he teaches uh, women's kickboxing, which is also a plus, you know, because women they want to feel confident too, they want to learn how to fight too, and it's good workout, like the best workout ever. Right. So well, yeah.
1: back in the day, I was quite the Billy Blinks kind of because I don't know if you remember him, but he was he would do punch. I don't remember what it was, but you know, like kickboxing kind of yeah. moves. And so uh-huh. I can understand you do feel powerful after you do that kind yes, of stuff. And
0: you feel tired, but it's worth it. It's totally <laughs> worth it. Yeah.
1: So you talked about Luis and Tyson. Are they partners with you in the business?
0: Uh, not in the business. We just kind of, st- we started it as a fight team. Um, we were, we were uh, our coach moved away. We trained with a uh, team Davis and our coach moved away. We trained with him for many years and he moved away. And so we found a different gym to train at down in Rexburg at Payne Athletic, and um, it was just us three basically that were fighting, and um, we just decided to start a fight team, and this is going to be our fight team. We're going to call it Team Lionheart. I think Tyson came up with the name, and uh, <clears throat> and that was our fight team. It's just us three, and like you know, we're best friends, and you know, we fought together, and we coached each other, and we just you know. And that's kind of how it started. <clears throat> and then um I started it as a business, you know, a little while later and stuff. I was like, when I want it, I'm like, what should I name it? Oh, team, we already my, have my name. team. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Does yeah.
1: Lionheart, does that have a special meaning?
0: Um, I don't know if you've ever watched that 80s movie with Van Dam called Lionheart. Maybe. Um he's like uh he he's like a street fighter and he goes in and fights. I, it that's basically, that's where it comes from, basically, because he's, uh, you know, he's a little guy and he's fighting all these big, tough guys, but he has, he has heart and determination. So, you know, and a lion is strong, even though I seen this clip about lions, why they're the king of the jungle. They're not the biggest. They're not the fastest. You know, the elephant's bigger. The cheetah's faster. But the lion is king of the jungle because of his determination and his heart. So that's kind of, that's kind of the meaning behind it.
1: Basically. Yeah. I love it. It has yeah. a lot of meaning.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you have a full-time gig. So why was it important for you to start a business?
0: Um, I just, it was, it was kind of weird. Um, I never imagined it to be a business actually. I, uh, <laughs> cause yeah, I work full-time Meluka and, uh, you know, I'm raising a daughter and everything and I, it's hard. I don't have time, but, um, I just imagined it just kinda of being my kids and stuff and then uh it just kinda of grew from there. Other people wanted to train and we I made videos and then now it's just huge. Like I don't even have enough space anymore. We need to find a new a new building. So And yeah. how long have you been here? Uh since September.
1: Oh, so not even that long and not you're already long. looking yeah. to move.
0: We're like maxed out. Yeah. So there was
1: definitely a need for you guys here in Idle Falls.
0: Yes. There was, yep. Okay.
1: And so, do you have an idea? Are you going to be growing and moving someplace? Is that the plan?
0: Yes. Okay. We have a lot of, uh, I have a, my marketing executive is uh, helping us a lot. So, we're going to, we're doing a raffle here soon with this, like this TV. We're going to give away a TV and some headphones and a bunch of personal training. And we have a bunch of stuff we're going to do, give away. And um, we're going to try and use that money to get into a bigger facility at least great and uh, yeah
1: so how could be people be a part of that giveaway
0: um, they can just contact us on our website or on on our Facebook page or contact the fighters directly we're all gonna have tickets so
1: and what is the Facebook is it Team Lionheart MMA?
0: Yep. Team okay. Lionheart MMA is our Facebook page um, our website is lionheartmma.org okay. and that just barely got up and running so um, that's our website and then <clears throat> Um, have a Instagram website too that I hardly ever use because I'm not savvy with Instagram <laughs> very much. But probably Facebook would be the best place to, to reach us at.
1: Okay, all yeah. right. Well, look for that, guys, as they're because I'm looking at this big. It's a huge TV that you're giving away here, yep. and yeah. a smart TV. Yeah, so very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Weston, what advice would you give to an individual who was considering self employment if they were in the same situation? What would you say to them?
0: Um. I would say most importantly is to just don't um, start off small. I mean that's what worked for me because like I said I started in my garage and I just bought stuff little by little and um, I didn't just go in and get a huge loan and just buy everything and then hope it worked out. I kind of just bought stuff little by little and then you know got more students and then I'd buy more stuff and then so I didn't really jump all heads in so to say, but I you tested
1: um, your concept first
0: and yes. then you, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then once I seen, once I seen the growth, then I started, um, kind of following the growth and progressing more and buying more stuff. And, and it's just, yeah, that's, I think that's the best way to do it because I kind of learned that from, um, uh, our CEO at Melaleuca, Frank, yeah. he, he, we have no debt, everything is paid for And it just took time. He just bought everything when he had the money to buy it instead of going in debt and getting, uh, <clears throat> um investors and all that stuff. Yeah, I just yeah. kind of did it by myself slowly. Yeah. Worked out for me.
1: So how long have you worked for Malika?
0: Um 8 years.
1: And you did you go to college then after?
0: Um I went I went to college but um I never graduated. I got laid off. I was going to a technical college for uh-huh. sheet metal mm-hmm. and uh, I had I had some credits and stuff and then I got laid off my job so I couldn't afford tuition. And then i my mom ended up dying so i moved back to idaho and i just never followed through it that i started at Meluca and i've been there since and they've
1: taken good care of you yeah yeah yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. good it's a great company that's awesome to hear i'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that you're being successful there too mm-hmm. well who knows like if this really takes off like you may have these two great successful yeah things that i know do. right yes so tell me do you ever as far as the business is concerned i mean it it, it it's been a lot you I mean even though you started little you you're now dealing with all of this growth do you ever get discouraged or perhaps anxious about owning a business and kind of not knowing what the heck you're doing and Mm -hmm. how do you how do you deal with that tell me about it
0: it's uh yeah it's rough I'm you know I'm trying to learn how to do my books and uh, luckily I have a lot of help like my tax lady is really good at uh, Hernandez tax she's amazing she helps me all the time um My friends like Tyson he owns a business also and uh he's he's been teaching me how to use QuickBooks and stuff and like so I have a lot of people to help me because I'm not very tech savvy you know I'm just I was a fighter you know yeah uh, and now I have to learn how to physical
1: guy yeah Yeah. now I have to (laughs)
0: learn how to do books and all this stuff but uh it's working out I'm just taking my time and learning stuff slowly but surely and uh it does get stressful at times and uh especially with my job too and you know but um I don't let it overwhelm me, you know, because I'm happy. You know, I'm fortunate. A lot of people like to be where I'm at, you know. So well,
1: and it sounds like you're managing your growth. You're not trying mm-hmm. to. You're not going and buying a ginormous gym and yeah. trying to get it all going. It's you yeah. know, little yeah. at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: wise word. Wise. Wise advice. Yes. Um. So what do you what do you think that the long term future looks like for Team Lionheart? If you were to guess five years from now and you're looking back what does it look like
0: uh hopefully um we're gonna have a lot of fighters in the ufc and doing great things. really yeah we just had so as a as a as a gym officially we just had our first victory uh last weekend down in utah um one of our fighters went in and just won first round and just smoke the guy like no problem yeah so that was that was a big that was a big like eye opener and that's a UFC fight no no that's just a local okay promotion and stuff um but so with with Luis um he he's he's UFC potential already like he should already be in the UFC he went he went three rounds and almost beat one of the best fighters in the UFC right now and he almost beat him and, uh, we went and tried out for the ultimate fighter. I don't know if you heard of it. it's a TV show and, uh, he did amazing and Tyson too. Tyson's a three-time champion, Luis is a heavyweight champion. So they're, they're going to be doing big things. And we have a lot of upcoming fighters that have a lot of potential. And I think that's going to be, that's, I'm, that's going to be more Luis and Tyson kind of dealing with that. And I'm going to be focusing on the, the new people and the kids and stuff, but, um, we're definitely going to have some really good fighters
1: so talk to me about a little bit about UFC you have to try out to get into their fights or do you have to win so many fights like how does that work
0: um so no the so it's just it's a tv show that they were doing um and you go in if you you go and try out and if you if they think you you're good enough then they invite you onto the show and it's like a uh it's like a reality tv type oh, thing got it. and then you guys fight everyone fights and they have two different teams I see. and then the winner gets a ufc contract
1: oh. so then the winner gets
0: to get in the ufc so
1: so yeah. how otherwise do you get into the ufc
0: you just would have to be have a good record and uh, have scouts watch you oh, fight got it. Got because it. they have scouts and everything and if you're over here you win 10 10 fights in a row in the first round you know the ufc is going to be looking at you and so
1: so do you usually have scouts at the you know like you went down to this meet or whatever it was in Utah are there scouts there
0: Yeah occasionally okay. yeah there are scouts they they're always watching and uh, and it was that was kind of a good thing that our our guy just won so fast it was it was great yeah. yeah. <laughs> well,
1: congratulations. It's Thank exciting. You. I think we'll be watching to see yes. how you guys do. Yes. Well, Weston, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before I go? I've picked your brain. You have shared so much <laughs> with us. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share?
0: Um, I just appreciate you putting my story out there and I, I hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope you get some, some passion from it and some uh, enthusiasm and I hope everyone is successful and happy.
1: Thank you. We appreciate you You guys Mm -hmm. are a great example. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You Mm -hmm. and your partners have created a great outlet for individuals to train and also learn discipline while getting their frustrations out in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We'll be watching for Team Lionheart members to take over the MMA world and to create respectful kids who understand how hard work pays off. So thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. As you are aware, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for automotive repair provided with quality and integrity, come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment.
0: It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. They also have a sister event every month. We'd love to see you there. If you wanna learn more about either of those, please go to www.risecon.io or risex.io. And don't forget, those are spelled with a Z. Um, All right, you guys. Today, I wanna talk to you about decision-making, I follow Darren Hardy, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's a great uh, thought leader. And he had a segment this week on grappling with decisions, and I thought I would share with you some of the things I learned from it. We're in the middle of making some big decisions, and so I thought, you know, these are going to help us, and they very well might help some other people. So um, do you ever find yourself grappling with decisions? How do you make decisions? What do you do? Do you do a pro and con list? Do you make a spreadsheet? Do you flip a coin? Do you go ask others? Do you meditate? Do you do all of that and more? Um, Or do you do like one of the favorite things, which is... Don't make a decision at all. We kind of just let it pass. And, you know, if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. Um, all that is, you know, it's whatever it is. But what Darren said is that more failure has happened by indecision than by poor decisions. And that really gave me pause. Like, how often have I missed opportunities because I've had to really think about it so much? Um, and then it's kind of passed me by. So he's saying, you know, maybe making a poor decision would be better Than having an indecision. And so he gave um, some filters on how to make decisions that I wanted to share with you. And the first filter was think about it is it a minor or a major decision? And so often we end up overthinking minor decisions. So think about five years from now will this decision alter my life? And You know, I know I have people in my life that will go out to dinner and it is like a major ordeal to just decide what they're going to have for dinner because they have such FOMO that they might miss something. Um, And, you know, guys, life is short. We got to move on. So don't overthink these things. Think about, is this going to have impact in my life five years from now? If not, just decide and move on. The second thing he said was consider the cost or is it or the worth so how much does it cost and think about subtracting that from your overall wealth now understanding compounding interest and everything a dollar now is worth five dollars 20 years from now so what is this going to actually take away from your overall wealth considering the future as well that's one way that you can think about it um what is it worth or what is it worth to my future, my health, or my wealth? Okay, so you've got cost. What's it going to cost you? And what is it worth? Because sometimes I make purchases in the moment because they just make me happy. And you know what? That might be worth it. So you you may use cost versus wealth. Another thing that you might think about is wish or glad. When you're thinking about this thing, that decision that you have to make, think about, am I likely to say, I wish I had it? Or I'm glad I did. And Jeff Bezos calls this regret minimization. And he talked all about when he was deciding whether to jump into the online book selling in his garage. You know, if I don't do this 80 years from now, Am I going to regret this decision? You know, getting into the internet and all of this. And so he knew that he would regret not having tried this more than the risk that it was going to be. So wish or glad. And then the last one is good good wolf versus bad wolf. Darren Hardy talks a lot about this as an old Cherokee tale. And it's the good wolf that's in you that is really about your strengths, values, fears. I mean, no, not strengths, values. And then your Bad wolf is about your fears, doubts, your your needy ego, all of those things. So what choice would my good wolf make? You know, what, what would a values-based decision look like? And evaluate your decision through your core values. And you're not going to go wrong with any of those decisions. So hopefully, guys, any of these filters will help you as you're having to make decisions. And you can do it without guilt and anxiety. Um, you know, once you make that decision, we have a lot of guilt and anxiety and and agony sometimes when we're trying to make those decisions, but indecision causes agony, not the decision itself. Make the decision, move on, be happy with what you're going to do. Um, I'll take my own advice and we've got some decisions to make in our lives. So thank you guys for listening this week. Um, stay tuned for our next episode. We've got some great guests lined up, so we'll see you then.